Hey everyone, welcome to the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one for 31 years, mom to eight, ages 16 to 30, and Nana to six with number seven on the way. I'm also a veteran homeschooling mom of over 25 years and the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler and of a brand new book being released in June by Zondervan Publishers called The Four-Hour School Day. I would love for you to receive all the announcements about incentives and bonuses first by subscribing to my website. Just go to DorendaWilson.com. It's super simple. Also, if you are someone who's been with me for a while, go and check out the new website, brand new design, Simply Unhurried. So go check that out and make sure that you subscribe. Lastly, I often speak at homeschool conventions and women's events. So if you're, um, if you would like me to come and speak in your area, please connect with me by going to my website and clicking the speaking tab to find out more. You can also look at my calendar on the website to see where I will be speaking throughout the year. My next um, speaking engagement is April 17th in Jonesboro, Tennessee. I'm doing a one day event for women. It's not just for homeschooling moms, but it is for women. It's called Finding Hope. So I'm going to be talking about finding hope in the midst of loneliness, finding hope in the midst of uncertainty, and finding hope in our identity in Christ. So I uh, would welcome you to go check that out and sign up for that. I would love to see you there. Well, homeschooling, you're doing it right. Today's title might have gotten your attention, and it should. Isn't it what every homeschooling mom longs to hear? I am so excited to have a very special guest with me today. Jenny is a Michigan homeschooling mother of five and founder of A Thousand Hours Outside. She's a thought leader in the world of nature-based play and its benefits for children. One of her top priorities is to inspire parents to invest in spending time in nature with their children. Her Thousand Hours Outside challenge spans the globe and many people from all walks of life look to her for inspiration as well as practical tips on how to put down the screens and get outside. Jenny has a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics and a Master's Degree in Education from the University of Michigan. She's also a children's book author and illustrator. Her book, The Little Farmhouse in West Virginia, was published in February of 2019. And her next book, A Thousand Hours Outside Activity Book, Low-Tech Activities in a High-Tech World, is set to release this year. April. Jenny, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Thanks for having me. I feel like maybe that was a little too long of a bio. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Isn't it funny? You know, when you're just really just a mom, it's like, wow. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But it's great. I love knowing more about who I'm listening to because there's always certain things that resonate, you know, with you right. and you, and you want to hear more of what this person has to say. And of course, if you have a master's degree in education, homeschooling moms, you know, want to hear you say you're doing it right. Exactly. <laughs> so I was thinking back to how we even connected to start with. And I think what I remember is I saw an Instagram post that you shared and I was reading through it and I just kept thinking, yes, yes, this woman is spot on. Who is this person? You know, so I reached out to you and had you on my podcast to talk about why it's important to get your kids outside. And then I think we did another time um, talking about um, why homeschooling families thrive. And so moms go back and listen to those two podcasts um, because you'll be so encouraged by those. Yeah. Um, so we've had some good times together. We have, we have, we definitely are kindred spirits. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. I know right before we got on here, uh, a couple of Jenny's kids came in and told her that a chicken was dying or something. <laughs> we were joking. I, I said, you know, I'm guessing you're having chicken for dinner, right? She's like, that would be the logical conclusion, wouldn't it? It's always an adventure. (laughs) Yes. So before we dive into today's topic, because I'm just going to let you run with it and I'll just interject here and there, but I really want you to tell us just a little more about your new book. Sure. Um, My new book, is a, a story of highs and lows. Um, I got asked last summer to write a book from a publishing company, um, and they wanted it to be an activity book, um, simple, nature-based, hands-on activities, which actually is not my forte. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
But what we're going, one of the things that we're going to talk about is about how um, we're modeling for our children. This is one of the great benefits of homeschooling. Um, you know, whether it's learning how to meal plan or keeping up with a house or um, learning new things ourselves. So. Um, that's always been one of my visions. And so I got this opportunity that came in and I thought, well, it's an opportunity for me to learn um, new things and learn how mm -hmm. to market a book. And mm -hmm. um, so it was just this crazy turnaround. I had four months, 50 activities, oh photograph the whole thing, get the whole manuscript done. You know how it is. I don't oh really my have goodness. time. Yeah. And you know, four the months thing, isn't Yes. The whole long. thing. So I, you know, everything, I'm turning everything in at like two in the morning and right. I finished it. I finished it in December. Um, and then in January I got the mock-up and it was so beautiful, Dorenda, that I cried. Mm. It, 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 it was brightly colored. And then 24 hours later, they called and canceled um, <gasps> that due to, you know, coronavirus and the state of the economy that they were just having to cut a lot of books due to the act of God clause, you know, in the contract. Right. And, um, and so that was in January and, you know, but God is good. God mm. is faithful. We were able to, um, hire a homeschool, um, family of some friends of ours to design the book. It looks fantastic. And um, we are self-publishing and uh, wouldn't have come out until November. Mm. But um, we're going to, we're in the final stages of getting it printed and it should be out this month, oh. um, coinciding with a spot on the Today Show. Oh. So look at God's timing. Uh, that is you know? so perfect. Yes. You know, yes. God knows. I love that. It's a Look. great, it's a great book. It um it sort of renewed in me this um sort of already we're already kind of like back to simplicity, but mm -hmm. but just like the joy in these simple little things that you can do with your children, um, little activities that you can keep with you that are um, you know that help their sense their senses and they you know they're playing with these sticks and these little acorn tops and um it's just kind of like these delightful activities that mm. um everyone loved them i love them so the book's adorable it'll be out um later this month although i don't know the exact date but we're real close that's great well we'll we'll definitely yeah. be connecting on that and i'll be connecting that to our audience because that's definitely that is definitely the um right up their alley. I know the, that my audience loves simple. They love unhurried and, and nature. And so this is just going to yeah. be a great fit for them. So I'm excited. Thank so, you. all right, well, let's dive into this topic. I'm sure moms are sure. waiting to hear. Let's, let's hear yeah, what like, you I'm have done. to share. I'm done with your book. <laughs> you know, one of my, um, my heart is really for new homeschoolers and, mm -hmm. you know, we all have our things that we're sort of passionate about or that God softens our heart for. And and mine has always been new homeschoolers. I think um, having that background as being a public school educator. So I have my master's degree in education, though I don't think that that has helped me in mm -hmm. homeschooling. I, I don't think that anyone needs that mm -hmm. um, or teaching degree. You know, that's what everyone says. Oh, you have a teaching degree. But the public school classroom is more about classroom management. You know, if you're a good teacher, you're good at managing 30 kids who don't want to do an algebra problem, right? Um, <laughs> but you're not necessarily, you know, good at, you know, helping the the whole child grow and develop and thrive. You know, there's right. there's there's really big differences there. Mm -hmm. So this, um, you know, having that background as being a public school educator and then now being home, I can see. Um, the differences in my children and, and in my friends' children. And, you know, when you have homeschool friends, like how you and I have connected, mm -hmm. it's like you you can see the long term. Like I've got friends who have kids that are grown and in their 20s all the way down to little ones. And you can really see this um, difference right in front of you. And having spent years and years with high school students in the public school system, um, you know, there are these noticeable, um, noticeable differences. And so... I always want to encourage homeschool families, especially new ones, that there's nothing to be afraid of, that kids thrive at home, that mm -hmm. parents are the best teacher, that God made it that way. Um, and so this homeschooling, you're doing it right, is sort of an extension of that message because this looks very different, mm -hmm. right? Doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It looks so different than sort of the assembly line approach. It looks mm -hmm. different than um, report cards. It looks different than check marks and 
content standards and um, sort of that linear approach to childhood, this looks very different. And mm -hmm. so then we wonder, are we doing it right? There's really nothing, there's no, there's no one to compare it to. Right, and, right. I call that the measuring stick. Um, there's a workshop yeah. I do called homeschooling purpose or performance. And I talk about the measuring stick and how our measuring yeah. stick has to change, you know? Yeah. Um, so it sounds like that's, that's essentially what you're saying. Um, right. It's that and whole it, child you know, we're, we're, we're nurturing the whole child. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have this little, um, uh, like presentation that I've, I've used at, um, some of the homeschool conventions, but, um, just this homeschooling, you're doing it right. And it's 10, but I also have a bonus 11. Um, it's 10 things that you're doing right just by bringing your child home. So the first wow. one is that you're learning through living. Um, mm. And what my favorite quote, I'm a big quotes girl, because I feel like you can get so much out of a sentence or two, mm -hmm. is from John, John Holt. This is from the book, um, Learning All the Time, mm -hmm. which is one of my top five homeschool mm -hmm. books. He says, living is learning. And when kids are living fully and energetically and happily, they are learning a lot, even if we don't always know what it is. <laughs> and so it makes me think of, you know, who are the kids when we, when we try and envision who is living fully and energetically and happily. You know, these are the kids that are home um, that aren't sort of stuck in a system for eight hours a day. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm not a public school basher. I love public school teachers. And I think that a lot of times the intention is um, most of the time the intention is right, but it's the system. It's really mm -hmm. not set up for energetic, happy, you know, kids that are living fully. So um, when you bring your children home, you can be sure that they're learning a lot because they are learning through living. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, there's a stat from the National Home Education Resource Institute and Israel Wayne has it in one of his books. Um, it's called, uh, Answers for Homeschooling, top 25 questions critics ask. He says that um, homeschool kids score 25 to 30% better on average academically, um, even if even if their parent hasn't graduated from high school themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you consider this great variation from homeschool to homeschool, from home to home, mm -hmm. um, these stats don't lie. You know, 25 right. to 30% is substantial, you yes. know? So, yes, yes. You, so I would say you're doing it right because you're learning through living um, and your kids are able to live happily and energetically uh, right in your home. And uh, so there's a uh, teacher, Tom, who's a big advocate for learning through play. And he says, I'm comfortable knowing that children are learning because they are playing and that is enough. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. That's exactly so, right. Children know how to learn. This is one thing that yeah. I observed over the years is that my kids were very intuitive um, as to when they were ready to learn something. And it had less to do with a lot, like nothing to do with the scope and sequence chart. <laughs> Right. And a lot more to do with being a student of my child and just knowing when the wheels were turning and the gears were going, you know, because yeah. when a child is fully engaged, they're firing on all cylinders and they're not just learning one thing that we're trying right. to force them to learn. They're when they're learning naturally, they're learning on all different levels at the same time. And that's mm -hmm. not something we can make happen. It's something that's intuitive in the child when the right thing engages them. And, and honestly, it typically doesn't take, uh, it doesn't take a lot of um, work to figure that out. I don't know how to explain that. I, I guess I want to say what I want to affirm what you're saying, this whole idea of letting them have a childhood, letting them live that mm -hmm. full, full childhood at home is what engages that. Right. It's a trust. It's mm -hmm. a trust that God made them that way, that right. they're intrinsically motivated to learn. So I say to the homeschool moms, you're learning through living, not in a box. Um, mm -hmm. So you're doing it right. That's a big mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So second one is you're allowing for individual timelines. So, you know, I, I like to look at early childhood. I think we can learn a lot from them. Mm -hmm. Some children walk at nine months. My husband mm -hmm. walked at nine months. My son, he walked at 15 months. You know, so there is a six month gap mm -hmm. within that first year of life that we allow for as adults. Right. 
-hmm. say, oh, yeah, well, that one learned to walk at nine months and that one learned to walk at 15. And that's going to have no impact on the rest of their life. It's not like the <laughs> earlier walker is going to be more athletic. Doesn't matter. Or, right. you know, they, they say that you can ride, you know, the age that you learn to ride a bike. The average age is between four to eight. Well, that's that's double. That's like the whole, you know, it is like your whole lifespan, you know, right. you're four or maybe you're eight, you know, <laughs> but then all of a sudden, you know, we go into the public schools and we say, oh, you're five, it's time to read. Mm -hmm. But really that, really that span is five to 12. And mm -hmm. similarly, they say that that has no bearing on the rest of your life, whether you learn to read when you're three or whether you learn to read when you're 12. And so um, we're pulling out of this sort of assembly line approach and allowing for individual timelines. I love this quote from Magda, Ger Magda Gerber. She says, childhood is not a race to see how quickly a child can read, write, and count. It is a small window of time to learn and develop at the pace that is right for each individual child. Earlier is not better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I love that, right. you know, mm -hmm. we're allowing for them to sort of flourish on their own timeline, which is not allowed. Um, you know, some people say like the public school system, it seems like that's what you're supposed to do because that's what we're used to. But really, that is the experiment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is the new thing. So, um, you know, yes, up and until it's then, not going well. Right. <laughs> Can I just right. say that? It's yes, not really kid, yielding good results. Yeah. Kids end up in remedial, you know, when I taught in high school, I was just like, I felt burdened for these kids mm -hmm. who are, you know, 14 years old and they say, I've never been good at math. You know, I, the, you know, and they have these stigmas that they carry with them for the rest of their lives a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if, if it would have been on their own individual timeline, um, you know, they may not have had those feelings or. Yeah, um, yeah I totally agree. What you said about um, whether they learn to read earlier or later has no bearing on how good of a reader they are or how much they love reading, but forcing it before they're ready does impact that. Yeah. So that's yes. something we have to pay attention to as well. Yeah. I love this. Um, this is out of this book called Indoctrination. Um, and then there's an accompanying DVD. It's like a documentary. I, I didn't like the DVD so much, but I really like the book. Um, it's like a, each chapter is written by a different person. It's all these sort of different views on homeschooling and different things that are important. So I liked that variety. But um, this Douglas Phillips, he says in there, what is our standard for determining how to train our children? If all we had was a Bible on a desert island, will we naturally conclude that you should fragment children along age groups and put them in grade-based classrooms with family fragmenting approaches to discipleship. Would that be the pattern you derive from the scripture? Would you see foundation for it there? Would there be any pattern or refuge in God's word that would lead you to mimic this approach? Mm -hmm. You know, so this sort of um, assembly line, like I, I do not see that in the Bible. So homeschooling moms are doing it right. They're learning through living and they are allowing for individual timelines. And that's mm -hmm. sort of what I see in nature. That's, that's sort of what I see in God's creation, um, is sort of just freedom, freedom to grow. And, right, and lots of margin because, you know, sometimes spring yeah. comes early, sometimes yeah. it comes late, but it always comes. Right. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Absolutely. So those are two great things. The next, um, the next one I've got down here is that homeschooling parents are leaving space for boredom. Um, so we had this thing, Dorenda. I don't know if I told you about this. Maybe in, in the last one. You know, my, <laughs> you got your four. Your book is called Four Hour School Day. The is Four that Hour School Day. Yes. Four, mm -hmm. Okay. So I love that. So you know, for us, we're not even quite there yet. Our, mm -hmm. you know, our school day is. I feel like the kids are learning all the time, they um, are. but our, mm -hmm. but our seat work does not take very long, you know, maybe, right. and my kids are still younger. So maybe right. it takes two hours or something, mm -hmm. you know, but they complain, you know, it's, they don't, <laughs> they don't want to do any of it. They want to do, they want the zero hour, you know, that's the book they want you to write the zero hour school day, you know? <laughs> so we're constantly in this um, conversation about, you know, look, the bus just came, like you'd be getting on now, you know, you'd be getting off at 445, you know, I'm constantly, you know, it's the same, right. I've said it a thousand times, right? right? If you were at school, so, you know, they're just, they're, they're bugging about it. So a couple months ago, I was like, you know what, we're doing it. We are for two days in a row, we are going to do a full school day. Did I tell you this before? You did not. Okay. So I did it. I said, I'm going to get them up. <laughs> I'm going to sit them on the couch for the bus ride. You know, we're going right. to, we're going to 
we're going to do with schoolwork. I mean, I had stuff all the whole day. I filled the whole day, you know, and then they got to go out. They got to go out for their recess for 15 minutes. They got their 25 minute lunch, you know, the whole thing. Right. And, you know, they were just like, uh, they were just besides themselves, you know, <laughs> and, and just like, please, can we not do this for two days in a row? We get it. You know, and at the end of the day, I have them sit on the couch for the bus ride. I give them a pack of homework, you know, I just, you know, here we go. Like, you know, so that's have a little bit of a perspective, but this crazy thing happened, Dorenda. I'm thinking I'm only doing it for them. But by like noon, you know, it'd been a couple of hours. All of a sudden they were going, what do we do next? What do we do next? And I thought, oh, you know, wow. the, this benefit of them knowing how to manage their own time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they have mm-hmm. for boredom. And when I used to, like I substitute taught one time for kindergarten, I only substitute taught for kindergarten one time because it was so exhausting. <laughs> I couldn't, I'm like, how do these teachers do this? But, you know, it was like minute by minute, the schedule was, you know, 8.42 to 8.47 is circle time and 8.47 to 8:51 you get a drink and eight, it was just it was like that oh. and and that's for classroom management you know you you mm-hmm. kind you have to have it be that organized otherwise it's chaotic but but we're not leaving any space no exactly so, margin is so important and yes. you know you know it's funny because my book the 4 hour school day really the title was a hook because sure. essentially what I'm telling you telling them in the book is like if you got a kindergartner it's like zero or right. maybe 15 minutes or, you know, right. depending on the kid, depending on what they're wanting to do, that kind of thing. Right. So yes, I, I totally hear what you're saying. When I say four hours, it was, it was maybe my high schoolers. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I'm totally and, on the same page yeah. with you. So moms out there, listen, because it's, it's really true. It really doesn't ha- have to take that much. And what you said about what you said about they're learning all the time. It's like when I talk about the hours, I'm talking about the actual book work because I am a believer in just that ongoing real life education. It's such, you know, everything you're saying is just resonating with my heart. And so, so good. So good. So they got space for their kids. I'm going to read this one out of um, this book called Glow Kids. It's about Mm -hmm. screen time. Nicholas Carteras, he's a PhD. He says, let children experience boredom. There is nothing healthier for a child than to learn how to use their own interior resources to work through the challenges of being bored. Nothing healthier. Mm. I mean, he says in that book too, it's the most neurosynaptically um, sort of complicated thing that you can learn is how to deal with boredom Um, because you're having to come up with something out of nothing. So, so homeschooling moms are doing it right because they, there's space in their day and it's not, um, it's not so scheduled and kids really need that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Here we go. Ready for the next one? Ready. Homeschooling moms are doing it right because they're providing multi-age experiences. Um, and I mean, that that's how we're supposed to learn, right? It's sort of in community, within our family setting. Um, there are so many books that talk about the importance of of multi-age learning. Peter Gray talks about that a lot in his book. Um, he's got a lot of books out there about play. Uh, mm-hmm. This one, this quote from John Taylor Gatto, which his quotes are always really strong, but they I think are. it's good to have strong quotes. He says, it is it is absurd and anti-life to be part of a system that compels you to sit in confinement with people of exactly the same age and social class. That system effectively cuts you off from the immense diversity of life and the synergy of variety. Indeed, it cuts you off from your own past and future, sealing you in a continuous present, much the same way television does. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of information out there about multi-age learning, how it helps older kids be more um empathetic. It helps them because they're teaching little things. And so then they're learning, you know, you always learn when you teach right, Help right. the younger kids because it sort of pulls them up to a different level. Um, I, I heard this really cool analogy one time. It was talking about how if you had two eight-year-olds playing catch, it would, it wouldn't go that well. You know, they're not very good. Neither of them are very good, you know, whatever. They're just playing catch. They get something out of it, but not a lot. But they said if you had an eight-year-old and a four-year-old playing catch, the eight-year-old would really be trying extra hard to get it to the four-year-old 
mm-hmm. you know? And so in mm-hmm. that way, focused in a little bit more, you know, we're all, kids are so intrinsically motivated to play and to have playmates, you know, so they, they want that playtime to extend. And then the four-year-old would be challenging the eight-year-old because the four-year-old's not throwing super accurately. It was just mm-hmm. kind of a cool, it's a great a cool analogy. visual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On how multi-age and, and multi-generation, I mean, that's, you know, a lot of times there's grandparents and aunts and uncles, or even you're out in the community. And so there is this multi-generational component um, for homeschooling, which is very different than same age in the classroom. So parents, exactly. homeschool parents are providing that awesome multi-age um, set of experiences. And I love that. Uh, number five is um, on my list here, which they don't have the list. <laughs> you have the list. <laughs> this is my fifth one though, um, is that they are protecting. Homeschool mm-hmm. parents are protecting. Yes. So um, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but in uh, Proverbs, um, there's a verse that's repeated verbatim. And someone, a pastor had said one time, you know, um, when the authors of the Bible were, um, you know, writing down their words of inspiration from the Lord, there was no bold print or italics or, so I said, if something's in there more than once or, you know, that you're really supposed to pay attention, you know, that was sort of the, the way of bolding it or saying this is important. So in Proverbs 27, 12, and in Proverbs 22, 3, this is out of the Amplified Classic. It says, a prudent man sees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished with suffering, mm-hmm. which is um, a verse that really hit, like speaks to my heart. We're supposed to see it. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of families are choosing not to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I taught in the high school and... Um, just a, sort of a, a regular, regular old high school. You know, everyone always thinks that their school is fine, um, but they're not. There is a, a lot of vul- vulgarity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's worse than these parents can ever even imagine. Right. And and what's interesting is that I always have told parents, um, listen, like, go hang out at the high school. I mean, they can't right now because of because of coronavirus, but you know, years ago, like go hang out, go stand in the hallway for a week. And I always say like, they would never, ever send their children back. Never just Mm -hmm. one week, just stand Mm -hmm. against the wall, put on a little disguise, you know, um, it's that bad. And Mm -hmm. so I have had one friend in my life who actually did that. And I don't even think it was because I said anything. It was her own personal choice, Mm -hmm. but she said, you know, she, she had homeschooled through middle school. And then, you know, people get nervous. They get nervous Mm -hmm. about high school Mm -hmm. transcripts. They get nervous about sports and all these things and college. And so I think a lot of families make the choice then to put their kids in the public school. And so she said, well, I'm going to go check it out. You know, and she spent some time and she said, no way. There's no way. Mm -hmm. And so are we seeing it? I guess mm-hmm. is the thing. Are, are mm-hmm. we really looking around to see what is being taught to our children? What is the environment that they're in for 15,000 hours of their childhood? Um, mm-hmm. And the prudent man sees it and hides. Mm-hmm. What a mm-hmm. verse. It's echoed again in Proverbs 14, um, 15 and 16. It says, the simpleton believes every word he hears, but the prudent man looks and considers well where he is going. A wise mm-hmm. man suspects danger and cautiously avoids evil. So these um, parents who are homeschooling, um, they are protecting. Mm-hmm. They are protecting their kids. And um, I think that's very biblical. That's what we're called to as parents. That's, yeah. our, that's our job, you know. Um, yes, exactly. John Taylor Gatto has another um, quote. He says, do we, re- do we really need school? I don't mean education, just for schooling, six classes a day, five days a week, nine months a year for 12 years. Is this deadly routine really necessary? And if so, for what? Don't hide behind reading, writing, and arithmetic Mm -hmm. as a rationale because two million happy homeschoolers have surely put that banal justification to rest. Mm -hmm. So we're protecting. That's absolutely right. Way to go, homeschool parents! You're doing it right. Uh, the next one is modeling. So if your um, if your child's home, you're modeling, um, and at school, they're not getting that. They're just getting a director. Um, you know, I guess if they a, a child was maybe going to become a teacher, they'd be getting a little bit of modeling there. But 
Otherwise, you're very kind of cut off from life and how right. life works and mm -hmm. what it takes to build a family. And um, I love this quote, this other one from John Holt, where he says, adults must use the skills they have where children can see them. Children need to get some sense of the processes by which good work is done. Yes. Yes. I love that. You Me know, too. so I think all I look around at sort of the, the friends and families that we know, and all these parents are just top notch. We like they all have these cool, it's all different, but like all my friends, they all have these, you know, this one's really good at um baking, you know, and she's got this small little business on the side and you know, and she's baking for these different weddings and showers and people are calling her. And, you know, I've got this other friend and she's got, you know, nine kids and, and she's really good at making sure her home is organized and running well. And, you know, it's like mm -hmm. everyone has um, these like special gifts from God, these special mm -hmm. talents, you know, that that are on full display for their children. And also, you know, on the other hand, then the children are learning like when there's some hiccups or, you know, things are not going smoothly, they learn how to deal with that. Right, um, right. The re they learn to be resourceful. That's actually something I shared today um, on social media. I was I, I shared a meme talking about uh, five out of four people struggle with math. <laughs> and then I talked about how, you know, we're not good at everything, but that's okay, you know, um, and, and not to allow ourselves to be so uh, to allow our weaknesses to to overshadow our strengths sure. um so that when we're um homeschooling our kids we're actually using our strengths um as yes. we're homeschooling them instead of beating ourselves up over what we don't know um it's not actually as important as the valuable things we do have to offer so um, you know, when it comes to things we don't know, we need to show our kids what it looks like to be resourceful. And then we as moms need to focus on our strengths and bless our kids and our families with those. I love um, that. So, yeah. And even, even like the whole, um, you know, this whole, for, for a family that's new to homeschooling, this is modeling. They are mm -hmm. showing their kids that you can dive into the unknown, that you yes. can learn, that you can adapt. And even when you, even when you change, you know, like you're listening to God's voice on a daily basis. And, you know, the, I love that verse that says the way of the righteous is plain and raised like a highway. You mm -hmm. know, we're, we're modeling to our children that we're listening to God's voice, that we're ready to adjust, that, that no year looks like the previous year because mm -hmm. life changes and kids grow. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in the school, they're just sort of handed what to do. Right. But, as, but as a family unit, you are modeling on just how, how do you live life? How do you, mm -hmm. um, how do you structure your day and how do you adjust uh, when you need to adjust or when um, maybe tragedy hits and, right. and all of those things are lifelong skills for the kids. Right. And we are, I also want to encourage moms who are listening that you don't have to do all of this perfectly. Um, what it's about really is being willing to learn right alongside of your kids and I think that sometimes, um, you know, we think we have to have it all together. We have to, you know, be able to walk that out perfectly or almost perfectly. But the reality is when we sit down with our kids and say, I'm not really sure how to do this. So, you know, let's pray together and I'm going to, you know, seek God's word and, and, and try to find out how he would want us to walk through this. And that is modeling as well. So modeling doesn't just mean having it all together. It means, you know, just like you said, just figuring it out and letting your kids see that's what you're doing. And that maybe that's the most important modeling of all, right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So, so many great things happening at home. Um, homeschool parents require self-reliance. And I have seen that these second generation homeschoolers, so the ones that are now homeschooling their kids and they were homeschooled themselves, they are really uh, doing an incredible job at life here. You know, <laughs> I think I look at myself and I, you know, I think I have, I still have a hard time knowing what to do next. It's mm -hmm. like you're you're kind of waiting around <laughs> for right. someone to tell you. And I like the verse in the Bible, Proverbs, it says, you know, that you look to the ant and, and they have no overseer um, mm -hmm. and yet they, they know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, so there's wisdom there. And so um, when kids are home and, and they have extra time to themselves, um, they're, they're having to learn how to structure their time. So 
John Taylor Gatto, he says, good students wait for a teacher to tell them what to do. This is the most important lesson of them all. And when he says most important, he says, this is one of the biggest things that kids are learning at school is that they have to wait for other people to make meanings of their lives, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. But when they're home, kids have time and they, they have to rely on their on themselves a little bit, um, you know, and, and help themselves and make some of their own decisions. I love this quote by Daniel Quinn. He says, this one really impacted me. He says, the people who are horrified by the idea that children learning what they want to learn, when they want to learn it, have not accepted the very elementary psychological fact that people, all people of every age, remember the things that are important to them, the things they need to know, and forget the rest. Absolutely. That's so, so true. Yeah. So um, homeschool parents, are they're, they're doing it right. They're giving they kids are. self-reliance. They're offering freedom, mm-hmm. um, which we've kind of talked about a little bit already in some of these other ones. Um, but freedom even just to move, mm-hmm. you know, um, and not to sit and, and valuing. That's part of the 1,000 hours outside, but just valuing the movement and the complex movements and sort of those things that kids are driven to do out in God's creation um, and that those are valuable, that freedom uh you know, otherwise, do you know, in one of Peter Gray's books, he talks about um, that school is like a prison, but mm. no one, but no one really wants to say it. <laughs> you know, I agree. I've thought of that right. same thing so oh, many times. He says, he so says it so nicely, but, um, um, and he, and he even says that prisoners seem to have more freedom. So um, mm. freedom is such a gift. It's a gift for our children. And so that's one thing that parents are doing right when they mm-hmm. choose to homeschool is, is they're offering freedom and, and not sort of losing those 15,000 hours, right? you know, kind of like to what, you know, I don't know, you know, they say it's 50 to 50 to a hundred hours to, to fluency um, at the right ages to the mm-hmm. point where you can, you can read and write and learn anything that you want. There's right. 50, I mean, that's just like a, a couple weeks. <laughs> so, oh, isn't that you crazy? know, 15,000 hours is a lot. Um, so they're offering freedom. I got just a couple more here. Uh, and I know we're running out of time. Um, homeschoolers are slowing down. Mm. Oh, what a gift. Um, I love the sort of Waldorf philosophy. It's just kind of whimsical. I've got, I have some um, friends who sort of turn me on to, well, in the Waldorf schools, they don't teach reading until seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they look for some biological sort of physical markers, you know, right. that the teeth are falling out, that, you know, they're starting to get their adult teeth, you know, to, to say that the eyes are fully formed and the ears are, I love that. It's like this whole child approach to when is the child ready. Right. And so, um, and one of the Waldorf websites, the, the author had written this article and she said, um, because I have worked with children from many races, economic classes and abilities, I can see the greatest enemy to a happy, nurturing and healthy childhood is a rushed childhood. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much time, you know, like I like that with your four hour school day. It's, you know, and, and depending on the age of the kid, you know, the seat work right. might even be less. But, right. you know, it is an eight hour school day plus commute plus right. Plus homework. And it's all the best hours of the day. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. So we're we're losing those. So homeschool families just have this opportunity to slow down. Um, Back to that John Holtz, man, I tell you what, he has so inspired me. He says, real learning is a process of discovery. And if we want it to happen, we must create the kind of conditions in which discoveries are made. Mm -hmm. We know what these are. They include time, leisure, freedom and lack of pressure. Amen. Yes. So that's so true. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here all these years later, um, looking back and everything you're saying resonates with what I've seen, with what I've experienced in eight kids, you know, that's a pretty good, fairly good test, test group there, different personalities, genders, you know, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've absolutely seen all of this to be absolutely true. And my kids now as adults, thank me on a regular basis. Thank you for giving us a childhood. Thank you for just, they, they realize as adults and they're, you know, they interact with their peers, um, that, 
their peers didn't have that. And they just, it just blows their minds that they, they didn't have that kind of childhood, you know, and then, and they begin to see even more the value of it and um, want that for their own kids as well. So it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. You know, it's just, I so often think like we're asking the questions to the wrong people. Yes. You know, yeah. these homeschool parents are so concerned that they're doing it right. But if you look at what the research says about child development and what makes children thrive, um, mm. you know, all of these factors are very important. And, and they're, you know, the kids that are um, in the public school systems are not getting are not getting these very valuable things. I've got on here. Um, homeschoolers are doing it right because they're choosing the best teacher mm -hmm. for their child. I am so a hundred percent behind that statement. That um, even if you're nervous, even if you feel unqualified, the best teacher for the child is the parent. That's biblically backed. Mm -hmm. um, Israel Wayne, he's got. Um, a couple of fabulous books. He has one called Education, Does God Have an Opinion? Mm -hmm. Which I think is um, important for every Christian family to read. Uh, mm -hmm. What is more important than these 15,000 hours we're deciding what to do right. with? And right. I, grew, I grew up thinking that the Bible didn't say anything about education, um, which is odd. You know, of course it does. Of course it has um, right. information in there about how we're supposed to raise our kids. But he says in his book, the person who knows your child the best, who understands your child's strengths and weaknesses, who will ensure that the child's needs are adequately met is the parent. Mm -hmm. Who better to customize and develop a tailor-made strategy for children than parents? Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Right? You know, yes. like, um, I remember reading about how the school, the school system feels like community, mm -hmm. but really, but really it's an institution. Yes. Um, you know, it's like, you don't, I, I mean, I love the students that came through my classrooms and I cared about them. I cared about their families, but I don't remember their names. Right. You know, if I run into them, that's, that's not real community. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm never going to forget my friends' names that are in my home, you know, their kids right. that are in our right. homeschool community. Certainly not going to forget my own children's names, right. you know, <laughs> and so these teachers are caring, but that is not real community. They, they have their limitations. What can you really do if you have 150 students every semester? 300 plus parents when you talk about step parents and uh, all these things and you you know there's all these things pulling for your time but you know the best the best one is the parent things don't fall through the cracks as much um, mm -hmm. and no one no one cares more exactly um, that's exactly right than the parent uh, I have one last so that those were my 10 um, but I have one last thing I think is real important and, and I'm sure that you'll be able to I was going to bring a, a little book along with me sitting here and I, I didn't. But um, I think also it's important to say that homeschoolers are doing it right because they're being salt and light. Mm. Um, you know, that verse says you are salt and light. Uh, don't lose your saltiness. And what I have noticed is that other people see what we have and they want it. Mm -hmm. They see the way our kids behave. They see the way our kids interact with others. Um, they see the freedom and the joy. And uh, there's sort of this misconception that in order to be salt and light, we're supposed to send our kids to the public school for 15,000 hours in sort of this environment that um, certainly says a lot about God because it doesn't include God at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, but um, I think the opposite is true. I think that when we choose this path that's different, um, that is not what everyone else is doing, that causes us to rely on God's strength and God's wisdom on a daily basis, mm -hmm. that this is really speaking to the world and allows us opportunities to talk of God's faithfulness um, and really to to challenge people to look into the word about how we're supposed to raise children. Right, right, exactly. It's it's a it's a reflection of yeah. the uh, what God ordained at the beginning of time, what a family is supposed to be and yes. what a family is supposed to look like and um you know, I think we've gotten so far away from that where I think people actually think that um, the school system is, you were saying it doesn't include God. And I would go further than that and say it is diametrically opposed to God. Mm. It is not neutral. 
So right. anybody who thinks right. they're sending their kids to school and it's a neutral zone, you are dead wrong, dead right. wrong. And as right. believers, um, we have to understand that we will give an account before the Lord right. um, for where our children are spending that time. Um, right. who we are allowing to write into their little life story. Um, we are giving that permission. And, you know, we're maybe hoping for the best. Um, and we might think that we're handing that role off or that responsibility off to someone else, but we're really not. We mm -hmm. are giving permission for that right. person to right. um, speak into our children's life, whether it's their, their peers or whether it's the teacher um, whoever they're with throughout the day. And we are directly responsible for that. And right. so I think once we embrace that, um, we can also move forward in, in recognizing that if God has ordained us in this mm -hmm. role, he is going to equip us. Exactly. And so all of these things that you're saying today just tie right into that. And he equips us through in, in so much, uh, so many of the most natural means, the most natural ways. Um, we're and what really... a testament. It's a exactly. testament. Like, um, you know, I think that's, it's a big thing on my heart because I, I have, um, in my experience and experience with friends and, and people that have grown up with, there is a message in the church, in the actual church that often comes even from the pastor mm -hmm. that says kids should be in the schools as salt and light. Um, but I don't believe that that stands up biblically at all. And and so I always want to tell homeschool families, no, no, you are being salt and light because this is a testament exactly. to God's faithfulness that his burden, people say, how can you be home with your kids all day? Well, it, the Bible says that, you know, his burden is easy and yoke is light. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, and we don't need all this me time. And, um, you know, what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible says, refresh others and you will be refreshed. Right. So it's just this reflection on God's goodness and God's principles, mm -hmm. um, God's wisdom, the way that he made children, um, certainly on God's word. And so I always just want to encourage families, especially if they're confused about this particular point, yes. feeling this pressure, even possibly from other Christians, that bringing kids home is wrong because then they won't be salt and light. No, no, no. They are. They are the. They are the the city on the hill, aren't they? Mm -hmm. When Absolutely. you when you show thriving, happy children, an intact family unit. Yes. And especially yes. in your case, as the kids grow and you can really see the fruit, mm -hmm. you know, of, of 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road. Um, That's right. That, That's that is salt and light. Absolutely. And, and let me just say, moms, there are going to be a lot of people along the way who do not understand what you're doing. And mm -hmm. that's okay. You know, in God's economy, and this is one thing that the Lord showed me in, um, I think it was Psalm 37. Um, it's either 34, I think it's 37, where he talks about um, basically that the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Basically, he's saying, oh. don't don't be afraid of what these people are saying or thinking over here. Just do what I've told you to do. And in time, time will tell what the truth is. And that is exactly what has happened. And yeah. so you, our job is to walk in faith. And what is faith? Faith is acting on the revealed will and character of God. And what does God reveal in his word? He says the family unit is important. He ordained it. He has ordained us to be our um, children's parents. And also I believe they're teachers and, and, and that, because it happens so naturally, you know, I tell mm -hmm. pa parents all the time, be mom and dad first and, you know, quote unquote, teacher second, you know, if you always yes. go with that nurturing part of you, that parent, that, that parental, that God ordained parental role, God is going to use that to bring the right teaching to your kids and the right, you know, just what they need for their education and all of that. So, um, so yes, absolutely. And also when you talk about being salt and light, I, what, what comes to mind, and I used to think about this when way back in the day, when we were at the beginning, and I would hear that same argument, just like the socialization argument that never dies. Mm -hmm. um, right. I'm just like, you know, die, die, die. It's over, you know, <laughs> right. the salt and light thing. You think about when you are going to send someone in a, a soldier into battle, you would never send them out um, before they went through basic training. 
you know, right. and they're going to have to, they have to go through all the training so that it's second nature to know what the right thing to do is in each yeah. situation. And so that's one, you know, that's one um, visual that I, I have often given. Like I would never set my child in front of an army tank and say, okay, fight the war. Cause I, I felt like if I sent my child to school, you know, kindergarten, here you go. That's what I was doing. Essentially. Right. I was saying, okay, they don't stand a chance. I mean, yeah. they might luck out and be okay and survive, but chances are they're not going to. And so, they are, they just, it, you know, it doesn't say go be salt and light. It says we are salt and light. Yes. And I believe, I Dorenda, I believe my kids are salt and light. When we are yes. out in the community, people ask and they say, wow, these kids are really well behaved. Mm -hmm. And that gives us, we are salt and light as a family unit when right. our kids are young. So, um, you know, it's like we can't get tripped up by that sort of backwards theology that we're not somehow not being salt and light by keeping our kids home. No, we are really ministering to families, to the world, to our communities um, mm -hmm. um, by following sort of God's God's plan there about I parents being the teachers. I love that. Yeah. Jenny, thank you. Thank you so Thanks much for, for having being with me. us today. Yeah. You're, you're just always such an encouragement. And be sure that you let us know when your book comes out. And I'm going to make will. sure everybody here knows about it. Um, and then we're going to make sure that moms know how to connect with you. Um, could you just, kind of, what are maybe a couple of the main ways? And we'll list all of them in the podcast notes. But if you could just throw sure. out a couple things here. So my main my main movement is just the 1,000 hours outside. Um, so those are easy to find. I have a, right. a Facebook page and an Instagram account and use hashtag 1,000 hours outside and a website. And then I'm also kind of like you bopping around a little bit to some of these homeschool conferences. And um, so my, you know, my schedule is, it's really actually not, it should be on my website, but it's not. <laughs> Come to think of it, because <laughs> she's I'm a always, mom and she's got other things to do. I'm always missing the low hanging fruit here. I know it's, it's not there, but it's um, you know, I talk about it. So you know, to right. me, I love meeting families out and about at the different mm. homeschool things and great, um, great, yeah. awesome. Well, we're gonna just close in a word of prayer again, Jenny. Thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for Jenny's heart. God, I'm just so encouraged and I'm I am I know that every mom listening has been encouraged by the words that you've given her, the message that you've laid on her heart today to share with us. And I just pray that every mom that's listening would be inspired and encouraged and would really, really believe um, that she's doing this right, Lord. Lead eat the heart of each and every mom here as she um, meets the unique needs of her own family. God, we thank you that you are so faithful and that you are a great provider, Lord, and we can trust you implicitly. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.